Welcome back to Star Wars Meanderings and Ramblings. I am your host, Kiri Mohan, and I'm a big Star Wars fan. And this podcast is devoted to just random thoughts of mine. Sometimes I get to interview people, which is also fun and talk about stuff. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Virtual Jedi or at virtually Kiri, K-I-R-I, which is my business account. And the only reason why I throw that out there is because that has not a lot of Star Wars, but more personal stuff if you're interested in seeing my life, if not whatever. Um, WordPress, where I had my blog for 10 years, actually written content, starsanon.wordpress.com. That's about it for where to find me. Actually, just type in my name in Google. You can find me everywhere. Ah, the advantages of having a little known name. Today, I kind of wanted to talk about planets and settings in each of the movie. My thought process on this really was obviously the original trilogy is so good. And I felt like the sequel trilogy fell apart after The Force Awakens. I didn't, I know a lot of people don't love The Force Awakens. I loved it. It grew on me a lot. I think the first two times I was a little bit like, eh, I don't know. Do I like this? And then I just really ended up loving Ray. And there's a lot of faults in the movie. I get it. But I think in general, it was very well thought out. It was planned very well. And though there are issues with it in general, I think it felt like a cohesive, well-done jump into the Star Wars universe after a long break. The prequels are, you know... <laughs> were really unpopular when they came out and now they're gaining traction again as being wonderful as the kids that um, grew up with it, namely like people my age, millennials who are now in their 30s mostly, are very vocal. I think on social media, we're now saying, hey, everyone, I love the prequels and this is why and the prequels are great. And then there's also that other aspect of they were made by George Lucas and the sequel trilogy isn't and the sequel trilogy is Disney. And so there's this whole George Lucas versus Disney thing. So now all of a sudden everyone loves the prequels because at least even though it had faults, at least it, you know, was made by George Lucas. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking about the settings and the planets and what made the original trilogy better and as we know the original trilogy did not have the budget or even the special effects that the later movies did so i felt like they had stayed more in certain planets or there was less planets and less settings but now after doing this analysis i think i might be wrong on that um Basically, the, my thought process was maybe the movies are better when there's less planets and less settings that they're they're on. So I wrote out this whole list one evening, just going through, thinking through everywhere people were. So we'll start with the original trilogy. A New Hope. They primarily, the characters are primarily on Tatooine, the Death Star, or Yavin 4. Empire Strikes Back. Primarily on Hoth, Dagobah, Cloud City, and the Millennium Falcon. Return of the Jedi. Tatooine, Dagobah, Endor, Death Star. Um, so that was the home one where Vader, the ships and stuff. Um, and then, so if we look at A New Hope, two were planets, one was a ship. And if we look at Empire Strikes Back, three were planets, one was a ship. Return of the Jedi, three were planets, two were ships. Um, and I guess you could do the Executor as well, Return of the Jedi. Anyway, I don't want to get too much into those nitty-gritty details. It's really like, you know, 
where do we see people the most? Let's go to the prequel trilogy. We've got the Phantom Menace, Nabuk, Horasan, Tatooine, the Trade Federation battleship. So that's four, three planets. Attack of the Clones, Coruscant, Kamino, Naboo, Geonosis, Tatooine. So here we jump to five planets. Revenge of the Sith, Coruscant, Utapau, Mustafar, the Invisible Hand, which was Grievous's ship, and Kashyyyk. And then there were a bunch of minor planets where Jedi were killed, and also we see Alderaan briefly, but I'm not really going to go into that because that was just like split seconds. So then I was like, oh, man, okay. Definitely. It had something to do with how many places we are, right? Like... Attack of the Clones, which I think is one of the, uh, not a great Star Wars movie. We see it jumps to five planets, right? Um, Revenge of the Sith, again, five planets, really, locations. But then again, we look at Empire Strikes Back, and there's only four, really. Hoth, Dagobah, Cloud City, and the Millennium Falcon. And Return of the Jedi, we kind of jump to four, five-ish, if we include Home 1. So maybe that's not the best argument. So I said, okay, let's continue. The Force Awakens. Jakku, Dakar, Takadona, and Starkiller Base. All right, we're back to four. So that's kind of mirroring The Phantom Menace and A New Hope, right? A New Hope was less, but then again, I have to keep in mind the budget constraints and it wasn't the big, huge movie that it was now, right? That it is now. The Last Jedi, though, goes back down to four, as basically as Act Two, The Supremacy, Crate, and The Radis. So we've got four... Um, four places and two ships. The Rise of Skywalker goes really Agent Kloss, Exegol, Kijimi, Kefbir, and Pasana as the main places. So that's one, two, three, four, five. Um, and that is kind of on the same line as Revenge of the Sith and also very similar to Return of the Jedi. So my whole idea was like going up, up in smoke at this point. I was like, you know, I really thought, like, the less places they were, the better the movie. Again, this is all opinion-driven, so you might love The Rise of Skywalker. And I'm sure in 25 years, we'll have kids who are older who are saying, no, 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 these were the best movies. But my argument and hypothesis is going up in smoke. So anyway, I decided, why not just look at what Rogue One and Solo anyway, just in case? Let's say, so Rogue One, which I actually thought had tons of planets and settings, actually doesn't really it's jedda yavin forest scarif and iadu and really scarif has also you know within the imperial place i don't even know what it is i haven't watched it enough i didn't really like it but anyway so scarif you could almost like technically break that out and make it like a fifth place when they're stealing the um death star plans but then solo has corellia castle mimmon severine numidian prime First Light, which is the yacht, and then Vandor. And I was like, whoa, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven places in Solo, which is generally thought of as not a great of a movie. Um, I loved it. But anyway, maybe that's just me. Seven places there. So I'm looking at this whole list again, which, by the way, I've written down in my little notepad. And I just, like, was stuck. Like, man, there's really no correlation between if the movies are good or bad and where they are. And then I slept on it for, like, two weeks because I just thought there was something there. And I had a thought. And you could agree or disagree. But perhaps what it is is not the amount of planets or the amount of settings. 
but how long they stay at each place. I have not actually gone into each movie and recorded how long they're in each place. I'm sure maybe there's people out there that have done that. But like if we think of The Rise of Skywalker and the amount of times it jumps around between places, you really, even though it's one, two, three, four, five places really that there are, there's a lot of jumping. And that's the same thing with The Last Jedi, right? With the ships and where they are and then Rey and the planet. We're not there for a significant amount of time. When we go back to the original trilogy and we look at how long they were on Hoth, how long Luke's on Dagobah training with Loga. Bleh. Luke's on Dagobah training with Yoda there. I don't know why I tripped up on that. And then how long Han and Leia are in the Millennium Falcon before they go to Cloud City. There's a significant amount of time at each of those places. And obviously, A New Hope is almost an exception for how long they they stayed in each place. But then even when we go to the um, the Phantom Menace, how long we're on Naboo, right, with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan when they go to the Otaganga, and then when they meet with the Queen, and then when they eventually go back there, and then, t- like, Tatooine with Anakin and the pod racing, that's a significant amount of time. And the Trade Federation battleship is always where we kind of go back with the bad guys and Coruscant occasionally. Return of the Jedi, same thing. Like, there's a good amount of time on Tatooine rescuing Han Solo. There's a good amount of time on the Death Star being built. Revenge of the Sith, we see that, you know, Coruscant has quite a significant amount of time on that planet. Mustafar has a significant amount of time. Utapau has a significant amount of time. Attack of the Clones, Kamino, long time there. Naboo, Anakin and Padme, long time there. But then when we jump to the sequel trilogy, the only one that kind of maybe follows this is The Force Awakens, where you have more of like a linear setting and environment where you're on Jakku for a little bit. Then you jump to Starkiller Base and or, and or whatever the ship Kylo Ren is on. They're on Takadona, really having a conversation, talking to Maz Kanata for a while. Um, Leia's at the car and there's like, you know, stuff going on there with the resistance. And then Last Jedi, TLJ does kind of, there is some time, I think, on the strips, like the Supremacy and the Radis. Um, But Crate, there's not a lot of time. And also, if you keep in mind when when their whole mutiny is happening, it feels like, feels like, you know, they're on that ship and then they have to, then they go to, um, Oh my gosh, how could I forget Canto Bite? So Canto Bite. <laughs> I forgot Canto Bite. Canto Bite is obviously in The Last Jedi. Maybe I blocked that from my memory. So that puts us at five for The Last Jedi. Um, but there is like a lot of jumping around, and it doesn't seem like they're there as long as the other movies. And then when we get to The Rise of Skywalker, it's just a total like jump, 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 jump. It never feels like we're with these characters in one place for a long time. So again, this is all just like speculation. It's kind of all over the place and just my hunch. But I wanted to know if anyone else had noticed this and if it's just me and what's going on with these settings and planets and maybe it's completely unrelated. But I feel like there's something here, something. And I'm kind of blocked out Rogue One and Solo because actually Rogue One does follow more of a linear path with the planets. They do jump from planet to planet, but we're not with them on these planets very long. We don't get to know the settings very long for a long time. Um, unless you count Scarif, but like I said, Scarif almost feels like it's split into two. So it's a little bit different. And Solo, like really, it's like all over the place. And I could I I was surprised how many planets I remember from Solo, but again, I really like Solo, so that could be why. All right, that's my thought process on this. Let me know what you guys are thinking, if you agree or disagree. And 
planets, settings, all that, you can shoot me a comment on Instagram. You can um, shoot me a comment on my blog. I have lots of ways to be available. And honestly, if you would like to be a guest and talk about something on Star Wars, about Star Wars with me, I am 100% down. I love it. You can go to my blog, starwarsanon.wordpress.com, and there is actually an area where you can apply to be on the podcast and talk with me about whatever you want. Until next time, may the Force be with you.